Okay, you want to talk about education and great stuff. You remember we were chatting with Michael Zwagster recently, Steinbach, Manitoba, uh, high school teacher, and a writer with the Frontier Center for Public Policy. He was talking about the Saskatchewan Parents' Guide to Common Sense Education. This is something that Michael Zwagstra has written, and he talks about the 170,000 K-12 students in public or fully funded separate schools. He talks about the public school system. He talks about some of the trends in education, the fads, you know, the catchy things that all the educationalists, superintendents, the curriculum people jump on. And then he lays out for the parent what really works. We find Michael Zwagstra in Steinbach, Manitoba this morning at the beginning of his lunch hour while teaching. Michael, good to have you back. Well, it's good to be with you, John. Uh, Walk me through what, as you were putting together the uh, Parents' Common Sense Guide, what were some of the things you had to consider? Well, there's a a number of things. I mean, uh, one thing that really stands out to me is that how frustrated parents are uh, when they basically hear edubabble from uh, from teachers and administrators who are defending uh, some of the latest techniques and things such as 21st century learning and all these buzzwords. And uh, I wanted to uh, put together a a reference guide that parents and other concerned people could use uh, to push back against these fads and to show what does the evidence actually show, what really works in the classroom and in schools. Let's walk through some of the areas. And this is a a great read. It's an easy read. It's uh, well written, as always. Not that long, probably, uh, what, about 30 pages. But let's go through some of the high points. You talk about two pretty critical areas. Uh, First of all, math instruction that makes sense, and then learning how to read. So let's talk about math. Well, sure. I mean, uh, I think that uh, a lot of parents uh, will be uh, who have kids in school will be familiar with uh, textbooks like Math Makes Sense and uh, and Math Focus, uh, where it doesn't really show kids uh, standard ways of solving questions and such. And so the reason why uh, the, the assignments and the textbooks are so confusing is because this ideology called constructivism, this idea that students should develop their own ways of understanding, has very much dominates the math curriculum in Saskatchewan and in many other provinces. And the problem is, is that the evidence just doesn't support that approach. The evidence is quite clear that you need clear, direct instruction. You need to focus on basics. You need to memorize things such as times tables. You need to learn standard algorithms. You need to work through those things. And that makes the deeper thinking possible, and that makes it possible to go to higher levels of math. However, if you skip all that and you start out with this idea that these kids in grade one and two are going to develop their own ways of adding and subtracting, uh, they're just going to fall further and further behind. And that's just deeply unfortunate. And you also directed parents in this Parents' Common Sense Guide to Saskatchewan Education uh, to the WISE program, which is the Western Initiative for Strengthening Education in Math. And this is something that math professors at Prairie University set up because they're that concerned about some of the deficits of kids uh, coming into university uh, in the math area. Absolutely. And uh, Wise Math, uh, it's wisemath.org, uh, is a great group of uh, math professors who uh, are concerned about uh, the lack of uh, proper math instruction in schools. And I want to be clear, uh, these aren't just simply people who teach in a, in a university classroom, that's it. Uh, a couple of them actually run uh, a tutoring program in Winnipeg for, uh, for elementary age students to help them with their math. And so they know what actually works uh, both with younger students and with 
with older students. And so uh, I know many of these math professors personally, and they're very frustrated that their expert advice is being ignored uh, by many education departments and, uh, and other education officials. Michael Zwagstra with us, a public high school teacher in Manitoba, education researcher and author with the Frontier Center uh, for Public Policy. Then, as you move into reading, and again, staying with the constructivists who have caused some of the mayhem they have in math, what are the constructivists and the new curriculum people doing to our kids in reading? Well, the constructivists are longtime advocates of what's called the whole language approach to reading. And basically, in whole language, instead of learning the specific letter sounds and putting them together to make words, which of course is phonics, uh, they prefer to have students uh, basically learned by doing is the way they think of it. And so lots of pictures, lots of guessing what they think the word is, and a lot less focus on things such as how words are put together and things such as basic spelling. Now, fortunately, whole language isn't as dominant as it once was because the evidence was just so overwhelming that it just doesn't work. But you still see elements of it in, uh, in many classrooms. And uh, sort of a, a second issue that relates to that is this issue of reading comprehension. If we want students to actually be able to understand what they read, they need the evidence is clear. They need to have a wide knowledge base. And that's where the content and the curriculum is so important. Problem is, in Saskatchewan and in many other provinces, the education departments are explicitly moving away from an emphasis on content. And that is going to have a terrible impact on the rate of students being able to read effectively. Okay, so we're so on the uh, the identification of words and sounds. We are winning a little bit, or at least phonics is making a comeback. Yes, but on content, that's the concern now. Absolutely, and uh, and in, in it's quite clear. You look at the uh, and I and I cite this in my uh, in, in my uh, parents' guide that if you look at the recent documents being put out by the Saskatchewan Ministry of Education, they're quite explicit about favoring constructivism, de-emphasis on content, less emphasis on knowledge. It's basically it, it, it's the, this idea that well, kids can look it up anyway, so let's teach them the so-called process of learning, and that is just absolutely devastating in terms of if we want students to actually uh, want to be able to read and understand. Michael Zweigstra, education writer, high school teacher in uh, Steinbeck, Manitoba. Okay, so the takeaway or the recommended uh, piece on uh, the content and the core knowledge, uh, you refer people to a website that does what? Well, I, re- I refer them to the Core Knowledge Foundation. It's coreknowledge.org. This is the uh, website of, uh, of Edie Hirsch's organization. He's the author of a number of well-known books on, on education reform. And basically what, what this uh, organization does is they actually produce recommended content standards for, for each grade. And you can, if you compare those to the fluff that we see in, the, in regular curriculum guides, you'll see a striking difference. Uh, many schools in the U.S., and even a few in Canada, have adopted the Core Knowledge Standard. And a number of research studies have been done comparing students in core knowledge schools versus students with the regular watered-down curriculum. And the students in the core knowledge schools do significantly better than students in in the regular schools. Michael, can you hang on for a minute? Absolutely. Michael Swagstra is here. He's on his lunch break at his high school in Manitoba. Joining us, he is the author of A Parent's Guide to Common Sense Education in Saskatchewan. So... We wanted to start with math and reading because those are really critical. And you've heard Michael before on this program dealing with the education myths. Myth one, students have multiple intelligences. Myth two, everyone has a unique learning style. Myth three, technology is essential to learning. Myth four, inquiry-based learning is the best way to learn. 
We're going to run back over those with Michael in a minute. And then, yes, we will tackle the one area the Saskatchewan government lost its nerve on, standardized testing, and what you as a parent should know. That's next here on News Talk Radio. I'm John Gormley, Michael Zwagstra, Manitoba High School teacher, and the guy who's done a lot of work with the Frontier Center on public policy, has put out a parent's guide to common sense education in Saskatchewan. This is great. It really zips through a lot of stuff we've talked about in the past with Michael. And the crazy part is it's stuff you knew. Uh, Steve, everything these days, sunshine and rainbows and kids will learn their own path. It's trash. If you don't learn basics, you're like a house with no foundation. It infuriates me. Focus on the basics. Um, End of August, finally, a study uh, that I read in the Toronto Star says Lyle in the field near Cut Knife that says drill and kill is how you learn math skills. When will we start listening to the teachers who've been saying this for years? Michael, you know, it's so interesting because we tend to have a lot of the uh, the really social um, engineering, you know, left-wing academic crowd, the curriculum people, the superintendents, who tell us we're being stupid. But I get this from teachers as well, Michael. On the ground, teachers say what you've been saying. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I hear the same thing from many teachers. The uh, the fact is, is that uh, teachers uh, know what actually works and, and what doesn't work because they have the experience. But the further removed you are from a regular classroom, the more likely you are to think that some of these other theories are just great. Okay, let me run through your four myths quickly. Myth one, students have multiple intelligences. Why is it a myth? Well, it's a myth because there's no evidence for it. The mainstream psychological community have actually uh, tested this theory, and there's just simply no evidence for it. The evidence supports uh, what has been believed for a long time, that there's a general intelligence factor that has different components to it. But this idea that there's eight or nine separate intelligences, uh, there's no empirical evidence for it. And flowing from that is the second myth, because if you have multiple intelligences, then everybody has to have a unique learning style. Yeah, and that is that's another one of those myths, the idea that you have visual learners and auditory learners and this tactile kinesthetic. Uh, when this has been tested, uh, where you, you, you break people up into groups based on their so-called learning style and you read a story to them using their so-called style, at the end of the day, there's no difference in retention whether you do it with someone's style or not. So the lesson to take from this is use a variety of strategies based on the content, but don't waste your time trying to identify a bunch of non-existent learning styles. Third myth, and you cite from the uh, government of Saskatchewan's technology and education framework, where it goes on to say that technology is vital to teaching in a learning environment to enhance learner success. You say technology is not essential to learning. No, it's not. It's uh, the research studies that have been done on this indicate that there is sometimes a moderate benefit. And so uh, and, and the more rigorous studies, the ones with the larger control groups and that are better done, show some of the least effective all. And if you go back over uh, over a number of years and compare the overblown promises that have been made by different technology companies, it's pretty clear that, uh, that there's a lot of money being spent uh, that could be better spent elsewhere. And your final myth is that inquiry-based learning is the best way to learn. What's inquiry-based? Inquiry-based is sometimes called discovery learning, and this idea that uh, it's constructivist, basically that students should formulate their own questions, investigate answers, and build their own knowledge. That's great when you already have a knowledge base in place and you're building on it. So, for example, when you're in your last year of medical school, inquiry-based learning is really useful. Uh, when you're in your first few years of school, uh, it's not as useful because if you don't have the basics in place, uh, chances are you're not going to discover them terribly well. 
Now, the standardized testing controversy, and it was so bad that the Saskatchewan government kind of lost its spine on this one. And it was I was fascinated because you cited two of my favorite hardcore left-wing academics, Mark Spooner, the former NDP candidate at the U of R, Paul Orlowski, the left-wing guy at the U of S. These two guys went on a king-size tear that standardized testing was bad. You cite them in this Parents' Guide to uh, Common Sense Education. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, their article is, was probably one of the most comprehensive um, articles against standardized testing written by Saskatchewan individuals. And so it, I felt it was a good one to do some point-counterpoint, and so I went through their, uh, their nine key arguments against standardized testing. Um, to put maybe a bad pun here, the arguments are pretty standardized in the sense that I've heard them many times before. There's nothing new about them. Um, basically, they're, they're worried about, for example, that it would cost too much money, and they cited the fact that it would, cost, would have cost $5.9 million to implement it. Well, as I point out, $5.9 million to do standardized testing, Saskatchewan is projected to spend $1.82 billion. That's 0.3% of the total K-12 budget. I don't have a problem spending 0.3% of the budget on a reliable measurement tool that tells us how students are doing. Yeah, I've gone through uh, the Orlowski-Spooner stuff, and I mean, you just have to pull up New York State stuff from the 1980s. And every single criticism by the teachers' unions, by the, the, the left-wing academe, it's always the same. But they win, Michael. They scare people off standardized testing. Well, it's because they, they, they don't uh, relent. I mean, the opponents of standardized testing are very fierce. They're very well organized, and they know their, they know their talking points. I mean, that's, uh, they are uh, far more standardized than supporters of standardized testing in terms of their, their lines of argument. And so they're, uh, and then of course the problem was I don't think the government was prepared for that onslaught. And then some of the organizations that supported standardized testing, such as the School Boards Association, were so tepid and moderate in their support that they were washed out by the vigorous opponents. You write that Saskatchewan is now left with one of the weakest testing programs in Canada. Why do you say that? Well, I say that because the, the majority of provinces have uh, standardized testing of all students at a variety of grade levels and report on that data publicly. And so, for example, in, uh, in Alberta, although they might be moving away from it, although that's we're going to see what the new government does uh, under the new leader, but they have testing at, the, at, at grades 3, 6, 9, and 12, uh, BC, the foundation skills assessment in grades 4 and 7, and then they have, have standardized tests also at the high school end. And you look across the country, uh, the norm is have a reasonable amount of standardized testing, and in Saskatchewan, uh, it's far more hit and miss. And uh, it's it, the government really missed a prime opportunity to uh, uh, to bring the province up to snuff, and also to have its own way of measuring where students are at, rather than having to rely on international testing that's only done once every few years. Michael Swagstra, always great having you by. Where can people find the Parents' Guide to Common Sense Education in Saskatchewan? Well, if people go to the Frontier Center website, fcpp.org, it'll be right there on the front page. And then also my personal website, michaelswagster.com, has it too. Uh, but yeah, Frontier site, fcpp.org, uh, there it is. And I encourage parents to get a copy and others get a copy and distribute it as widely as you, as you wish because it's important that we get the evidence out there. It's, in, it's very frustrating when uh, the evidence is ignored. And I want it to make it, I want to make it harder for some of the educators who are leading the system to, I want to make it harder for them to ignore the evidence. Always good having you by, my friend. Thanks for this. Oh, you're welcome, John. Always good to be with you. Michael Swagstra, high school teacher in Steinbeck, Manitoba, and education writer for the Frontier Center for Public Policy. This is News Talk Radio.